0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Radio. Anyways, tell us about changing your universe. What is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, before I, did, I, wrote, I wrote this book, How to Change Your Universe, and I just got to say that I didn't plan to write this book. It wasn't part of the like the game plan, the main you know thing that I was going to do. It just it was something that just happened, basically. While I was, you know, I have a daily meditation that I do, and I've been doing it now for 35 years, and it's it's getting deeper and deeper, but there was a period of time about a year and a half ago where every time I sat to meditate, it's like somebody was reading me this book. And, uh, And I would transcribe it after the meditation, and then I thought, well, this is crazy stuff. This is really out there. I'll write it, you know, maybe for my kids just to give them an idea of like an alternative way to look at the universe. But And I wrote the book just basically from what was coming through. And then I shared it with a couple of people. And uh, some of them, for example, one of them is uh, <clears throat> Robert Pang, who's a Kung master who has uh, 150,000 students around the world. And probably what I consider the most uh, evolved person I've ever met, he basically said he read the book word for word twice and loved it. And I've been getting that type of feedback, and so I decided to, let it go off into the world. And uh, so we just kind of announced it to our audience uh, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago. But, um, but what it is basically, and again, it's really far, it's out there stuff, so I'm just going to preface it with that, is that it talks about the fact that we're living in a multiverse. We're not living in a universe. We're used to thinking of life in terms of there's one universe, there's one world, there's the past happened already, the present is now, and the future hasn't happened yet. And we got to do all these things to try to protect the future and make it the best future possible and fight and protect and do whatever we have to do. And what's happened, at least in physics, over the last 50 years or so is that uh, it's becoming pretty much undeniable that we're living in a multiverse, that there's an yep. infinite number of parallel universes that uh, that exist. And... There's a version, possibly, of ourselves living all these different universes. So there's a version of the universe where you want to you win the lottery, for example. There's a version of the universe where you didn't buy a lottery ticket. There's a version of the universe where, God forbid, you know, you, you get uh, in a car accident. There's a, another version of the universe where, you know, you become president of whatever. So there's all these different versions of reality, and we're living these different versions. And what came through in this book and what I experienced. Uh, In my own life and through my own observation is that we're actually moving through these universes all the time without knowing it So we might be in one timeline Mm -hmm. And then certain things might happen Where we are in a completely different timeline with a different result, and it's a kind of a It's kind of a timely message because if you look at what's going on in the world Like you said it's so crazy right now, and there's so much fear around what's going to happen globally to the economy and to the world and governments and all these different things. And we need to know as much as possible and we need to protect ourselves on a, on a, like a logical level, but there's, there's something else we can do. We can be conscious of the fact that we're actually moving through parallel universes all the time and there's a process and a logic to it and we can participate in it. And we can participate in doing certain things that will enable us to be in the best timeline possible. And if we're in the best timeline possible, it not only means that maybe we have the best job or the best relationship or we're the healthiest or most prosperous, it may also mean that the world situation is the best possible world situation too. So it's another way to, to direct your efforts, and it's an internal way of directing your efforts. And raising your energy is really what you're doing to get to the best possible timeline, the best universe possible where everything that you want to happen, where you're safe and loved and happy and healthy and abundant, and it gives you certain steps. The book gives you certain steps to do that.
0: In these multiverses, are we able to alter things, or are they already predetermined?
1: So they're already predetermined, but what we are able to alter is which, which... version of the universe that we're going to be experiencing if you think of it like a movie if i hand you a, a movie uh, like a, a reel that you would see you know in a in a movie theater so it's on, a, it's on a big reel all the pictures are there maybe there's 32 frames a second or whatever it is they're all there it's already happened already but you haven't experienced that movie so you got to watch that movie frame by frame to see what's going to happen but it's already happened already <clears throat> and uh and there's an infinite number of versions of that, and what you're going to experience is whatever whatever combinations of, multi, of the multiverse that, that will create the outcome that you're meant to experience based on a whole bunch of things that we, that we talk about in the book, but, but it is all predetermined. Each, each specific universe is predetermined, and that it gets into a conversation of time where time is sort of like we have this idea that time hasn't, the future hasn't happened yet, when in reality, the future is happening now, the past is happening now, everything's happening now, and time is just kind of our way of assimilating it all, and making sense of it all. So all of these different multiverses, they've all happened already, but what you experience is going to be unique based on your journey through the different movies, so to speak. Does that make
0: sense? It sure does. Now, tell us what happened to you. You had some experience, didn't you, where you kind of saw some of these different universes? What happened?
1: This this is back in 2006, and uh, I did something. I I did a a 21-day water-only fast, and I didn't know this at the time, but doing a water-only fast is one of the best ways to open your energy channels and clear your body out and allow higher energies to go through you and have higher, you know, level perceptions. So I did this 21-day water fast. And uh, afterwards, I still wasn't hungry for like another week. I practically didn't eat anything. And then I had this kind of experience of cosmic consciousness. It's something I've never shared before. And this was another reason why I didn't, I was... Not thinking that I was going to actually share this book because it was a kind of a kind of a private experience of but what and it's hard to describe, but what happened was I had this experience where I was aware that we were living that there wasn't just this universe but there was an infinite number of other universes, and I felt like I had an awareness of all of them. It was almost like my body my body was the multiverse, like each cell was a, different, was a different universe. And I had kind of awareness of, of all of this. And this was, went on for a couple of days. And I, I had these conversations with people where I could actually see the energy in their body. And again, you know, George, I know this is crazy way out there stuff, but take it for what it is. This is what happened to me. I could see, I would have conversations with people, and I could see the energy in their body. And I remember having this conversation with somebody we were at the store and I just bumped into this lady and she was, I could see the energy running through her body and she was talking, she was complaining about her life. And she was complaining that she wasn't in the, in the place that she wanted to be in her life and she knew how to get there. And I could see like, like white light and yellow light running through her body. And, uh, and I could also see that she had a blockage where the light couldn't get through and it was lowering her energy, it was lowering her vibration and keeping her in a lower version a lower of what she wanted to experience. As I'm talking to her, I actually was concentrating <clears throat> on that blockage. And I saw the blockage open up and I saw the energy was more able to run through her. And it was almost like, you know, the dimmer switch on a light bulb that got, her, her energy got brighter and brighter. And what I saw in that moment, as I was talking to her, was she actually shifted to a higher level universe where she was going to be able to see, do the things that she wanted to do. I could see her future as like a timeline. I could see it. I could see her past also was a different, slightly different past. She actually moved into a different timeline with a slightly different past and a different future. And the different future was the one that she wanted. And, and I don't remember the conversation, but I remember when, I, when that happened, she started crying profusely and hugging me. As if we based on some kind of something that happened in the conversation, which I don't remember, but that's what she was crying about. But I knew that what was happening was she was having some sort of cathartic reaction because that block had opened up and she was she was a much later, much brighter version of herself.
0: Now, you've also and, uh, to- go No, go ahead, John.
1: I was going to say and this was happening. This went on for like three or four days. And then it went away, and uh, and that was very depressing. When it went away; it was an <laughs> incredible experience. But uh, but yeah, that that's that was before I had any thoughts of the multiverse, or before you started seeing it all the time on like Marvel shows, and you know, and, and, and before physicists started talking about uh, you know making computers based on based on parallel universes, which is something that we can talk about. But it was before all that, and it was something that stayed with me as an awareness that that this is a, a reality that we're not perceiving.
0: You've talked about how some physicists have calculated that at the time of the big bang whatever that was that up to 500 possible other universes were created.
1: Yeah, yeah, so there was this expand- this is what's happening right now is that we're get we're in this place in physics where it's almost inescapable I say almost but it, uh, but it's nearly inescapable the fact that we're living in this multiverse with parallel universes, but there was some calculations based on the Big Bang. There was an expansion phase in the Big Bang where for a couple of seconds the uh, universe expanded at this incredibly accelerated rate. And when you run the math on that, and I don't know the math, I'm just saying what the physicists say, but when you run the math on that, apparently 10 to the 500th other universes were created at the exact same time. And to, just to put that in perspective, what ten to the five hundredth looks like, ten to the eighty-three is the number of atoms in the universe. Wow, 10, ten to the eighty-four is ten times the number of atoms in the universe. Ten to the eighty-five is a hundred times, you know, the number of atoms in the universe. So this is ten to the five hundred. So it's a truly, truly inconceivable number. Um, but that was just one example of uh, of how physicists, and you know, physicists don't want to, a lot of times, in a lot of ways, physicists don't like being physicists right now because physics is so crazy.
0: It's changing so crazy every other to. day, isn't it? What's that? It's changing all the time.
1: Yeah, it's changing all the time. And now they've come up with these quantum computers, and many physicists, Max uh, Tegmark, a uh, physicist from MIT and David Deutsch, have said that the, these quantum computers... The old, the way they run is is on parallel universes. So, so uh, Google, the Department of Defense, and uh, China have come up with these quantum computers that are so fast. The one in China solved a problem in three and a half minutes that a normal computer, our best normal computer, would take billions of years to solve.
0: Oh my God!
1: And it did in three and a half minutes. And basically, if every single atom in the universe was a computer chip, a normal computer could not solve the problem that quickly. The only way the computer can solve it is by taking advantage of parallel universes. So the so the quantum particles are moving into parallel universes to do, you know, no pun intended, parallel processing. But uh, but but that's what's happening is that we're already. It's it's not only is parallel the concept of parallel universes. Uh, not just a theory, but the the most powerful organizations in the world, Google, the Department of Defense in China, are now taking advantage of parallel universes to solve problems.
0: John, explain to us the Mandela effect.
1: Yeah. You know, I was one of those people that actually had the Mandela effect happen to them, but the Mandela effect is when... Uh, it, Back in 2013, and I remember this actually happening. I think it was 2013 when Nelson Mandela died. I didn't have this passing thought. I thought he died. I just had this thought. I thought he died back in 1992. And, and I remember this whole, this whole thing about there was a lawsuit with Winnie Mandela, and uh, she was kind of dragging his name through the mud, and it looked really bad. And I just had to, and, But it was just a passing thought. But apparently, millions and millions of people had the same thought that he had died. That Nelson, that Nelson Mandela died in the '90s, in the early '90s.
0: So they, they did they the same thing turn. with the they did the same thing with the actor Jack Palance. Everybody, everybody thought lie. he. I didn't know that. Yeah, everybody thought he was dead, and he was still alive like ten years later.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that Jack Palance There's a lot of them, a lot of really interesting ones. But they gave it the name, the Mandela Effect, and the Mandela Effect is when millions of people have a a, a false memory, or a memory that's not here, or at least a memory that's not in this timeline and in this universe. And there's some really, really interesting ones, Mandela Effects, that the thing about a Mandela Effect is, if you don't have that memory, it's just because you weren't in that version of reality, you weren't in that universe, you didn't have that, that past, that memory, but Millions and millions of people will have the same thing. For example, some big ones for, for me personally are, there's a biblical one, you know, the saying, "The uh, something and the lamb shall lie down together. It's from Isaiah, Isaiah eleven sixteen or something like that. It's, do, do, do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Right, and apparently it doesn't even say that or something like that?
1: Yeah, so it's the lion, most people think that it's the lion and the lamb shall lay down together. That's how most people know it, the lion and the lamb. And uh, apparently, it's not the Lion and the Lamb. It's never been a lot, the Lion and the Lamb, at least in this time frame, this time line, it's, it's the Wolf and the Lamb. And, uh, and it's, got people like, it's got people very upset about it. Then there's a couple others, like uh, um, in Snow White, the Queen, she said something, something, something on the wall, who's the fairest one of all. What, do you have a recollection of what that is? Something,
0: something mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall.
1: Yeah, mirror, mirror on the wall. Well, apparently, it's not mirror, mirror on the wall, and it's never the mirror, mirror on the wall. It's magic mirror on the wall in this timeline.
0: I I think cartoons did that to us.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe so. There's some some of these. There's, there's there's explanations. Some of them aren't. Another one is Ed McMahon. That's a really big one. Many of us have a, a recollection of Ed McMahon going door to door with checks and, uh, for, and for publisher's, for publishers Clearinghouse, clearinghouse with, these, yeah. with these big checks, right? So apparently, in this timeline at least, Ed McMahon never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse, and he never delivered checks door-to-door. He worked for another company. I don't even remember what it is. They're defunct now. <clears throat> but the thing is, Ed McMahon remembers delivering checks door-to-door because he uh, talked about it in interviews, and um, and, and Johnny Carson went, went went into an interview with David Letterman with a big check, saying that Ed McMahon couldn't be here. It said Publishers Clearing House. It was a big check, and so everybody, Johnny Carson, even Ed McMahon, they all remember it. But apparently, it didn't it didn't happen that way. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.